How are you, Eli? Yeah. <laughs> no, see, that's fun. Good morning. Welcome to the best snowstorm snow day ever. What happened there? Yeah, I-70 strikes again. Yeah, you go north of Indy, it gets pretty bad, but uh, hey, it's, it's all good. Uh, welcome. It's going to be, it's a little different um, type of morning for us this morning. We've We've been doing this series on worship, and uh, we intentionally today are going to do a little bit more of the musical side of worship, and then we have something else special for you at the end of, of service as well. And so uh, this portion of the service is going to be pretty short and, and sweet and to the point. And so hopefully um, you, you catch on quick, right? Hopefully that's the case. Uh, it is great to be with you here this morning. Hopefully online everything is going well. Uh, Seth is in the back, and so if you're watching on bereachristianchurch.online.church, then Please don't hesitate. Uh, send us a message there. Hey, if, if something's off or something happened and, and something went crazy, because we don't always know in-house if things are working on the stream side. So please uh, let us know. It should sound infinitely better. David's done a lot of work uh, getting that better and better and better. And every week, it just, just tweak it just a little bit. And so we're so thankful for that. All right, let's open with a word of prayer this morning. Father God, as we uh, relax for just a moment uh, off, off of our feet and we consider your word, Father, we consider the word you would have for us. This morning, I pray that this portion of our worship is intentional. Father, that our minds uh, don't wander off, that, that uh, we can stay focused. Father, the great distractor wants us to be thinking about a million other things in this moment. He does not want us to focus on your word this morning. He does not want us to hear what you would have to say to each and every one of our hearts and minds and souls this morning, Father. So be with us. Help us to be attentive to your words. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we realize that we are in the presence of God, we are called to worship. When we realize that we're in the presence of God, we have a choice to worship. But when we realize that we are in the presence of God, we will all worship one day. You see, there'll come a time where we won't have a choice, and we will bow before our King. Don't misunderstand me. In our lives today, we absolutely have a choice. Every human being has a choice. But when this life ends or Jesus returns, whichever happens to happen first, everyone will bow before him and worship. Romans 14, 11, Paul writes it this way. He quotes, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge that I God. Where is that written? Well, it's actually written all the way back in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, who we've been talking about the last few weeks, recorded these words in Isaiah 45, 23, verse, uh, verse 23. These are the words of God. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow. By me every tongue will swear. Paul writes it again in in the book of Philippians, the church of Philippi, chapter 2, verse 10, he writes it this way this time. This is the one that many of you have probably heard. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, in this life, we have a choice. God has given us the freedom to choose him, to love him, to devote our lives to him, or not. That's up to us. But if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we accept Jesus, the one who forgives our sin, the one who freely offers us mercy, 
offers us grace. The one who loves us so much that he willingly offered his life for each and every one of us. The one who did all of these things knowing that most people would never accept the things. He knew full well that what he was doing, many, many people would reject completely. (laughs) Yet he did it anyway. So if you and I choose to accept him, then of course we worship, right? That's what we're supposed to do. That's what instinct tells us. Who would not worship a God who goes to that links to love and to save us? How could anyone accept the gifts of God that he freely offers and yet not return daily to give him thanks for those gifts? How could they not return to praise his holy name for all that he has done? and all that he is doing in your life right now. How could they not return to worship? There's no way that could ever happen, right? Well, unfortunately, no. No, unfortunately, many can and do just that. They they claim that they accept the gift of salvation and the forgiveness, but they never form a relationship with the God who saves them and who loves them. They claim to accept his mercy and his unending grace, but they never return to give him thanks. Don't believe me? I saw an article this last week. Members of all of our Congress in Washington, D.C., not judging anyone, just telling you the statistics, 88% of them claim to be followers of Jesus. They claim the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, the salvation, but they don't return to worship with their lives. It's one of the saddest aspects of the reality that Jesus told us would happen. As a matter of fact, he actually is in the book of Luke, chapter 17, is recorded a scenario where literally this exact thing plays out, only this time it's actually to Jesus' face. Come on. There's no way someone could meet Jesus face to face, accept his love, his gift of mercy, his forgiveness, and in this case, incredible healing, and not return to worship him, right? There's no way anyone could ever be so bold as a human to do something like that. Well, Luke 17, Dr. Luke records it this way in the beginning of verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village. Some of you know this story. Ten men who had leprosy met him along the way. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity upon us. It says, when Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. One of them, just one, when he saw that he had been healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Imagine the passion in this man's voice. He didn't just walk up and say, hey, Jesus, thanks. He came back crying out all the way to him, fell on his face at the feet of Jesus. It says he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. And then this little note by Luke is in there. And he, that man, was a Samaritan. What? Is that insignificant information? No, no, it's very, very, very important in the end. Jesus asked, were not all ten men cleansed? Were there not other, where are the other nine at? No one has returned to give me thanks except for this foreigner? Then he said to them, rise, said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. You see, there was this group of ten men, ten men who had lost everything. None of us could even imagine 
the exile that these men were in. Ten men who were completely rejected. Ten men who had absolutely no hope at all in this world. Ten social outcasts. Ten men who somehow met Jesus. Ten men who sensed that they were in the presence of God when they had this chance encounter with Jesus. Ten men who somehow knew that that guy over there could possibly heal them. Ten men who had a feeling inside that this was their official final and last hope, that only Jesus could possibly restore them. Ten men who ultimately placed their hope in crying out to him, begging for his mercy, and then ten men that were completely and totally healed and restored. Ten men whose lives were completely restored to them. Ten men who were able to go back to their families, their children, their jobs, their friends, and more. Ten men who now had an impossible, incredible, miraculous story of the love and the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness and the power of the Lord Almighty. And one of them, one of them came back to say thanks. Think of it, if you will. Only one came back and threw himself at the man who just restored everything in his life to him. All ten men were in the presence of God. All ten men witnessed the power of God firsthand. All ten received a gift of immeasurable worth, yet only one worshipped at the feet of Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, or if you are one watching today or joining us today and you're searching for truth, will you, are you that one in 10? If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then do you return to him daily to worship? Do you have an undying depth of gratitude for everything that he has done and is doing in your life? Are you willing to come before him and lay your life down as a sacrifice? to worship him. Now, I mentioned a minute ago that for some reason, Dr. Luke threw in that little throwaway passage that this guy wasn't a Jew. He was a Samaritan. The other nine, we infer, then were all Jewish men. I think Jesus threw that in there for us <laughs> to show us something really important. You see, in this world that we live in, there are so many that lead very difficult lives, some by choice, some because of circumstances forced upon them. And they have found their way into a whole giant world of sin, and their lives are as messed up as you can possibly imagine. And yet God reaches down, no matter what phase of life they're in, God reaches down to them, redeems them, restores them, loves them, and they come into this new relationship with Jesus Christ. And they are made this new creation. And it seems like those people that are in the depths of despair, when they find Christ, they know how to worship, don't they? Because they didn't have anything, and all of a sudden they have everything, and they appreciate the one who gave it to them, and they return to God to worship. And if you've ever attended a service with a group of believers like that, then you've seen a little different style of worship, haven't you? So where does that leave us? So many of us, like myself, grew up in the church, and worshiping Jesus is kind of like, well, you know, if I got a minute... If I'm not busy, if I don't schedule something else instead of worshiping God, well, then I will worship God when I get around to it. Or I'll come, but I'm not going to participate. I'm not really going to listen. I'm, I'm just waiting till lunchtime to get out of here. You see the difference in the worship? One's worship and one's not. Not at all. 
Will you be the one in 10 that throws yourself down at the feet of Jesus daily and thanks him for all he has offered you? Now, if you're listening or watching today and you've never accepted Jesus yet, this is just the, the very most basic thing. As you see Jesus come before these group of strangers, men, no one has, nobody knows these people. Jesus doesn't know these people. Of course, he does, but not in a personal relationship. They don't know who he is. And yet he looks with them with compassion and mercy in the state of life that they're in right now, just like he looks at you. If you do not know Jesus today, he looks at you in the same way, and he wants you to cry out to him across the gap, the gap whatever gap you place between you and Jesus, and say, hey, you, I would love to have you. Come on over. I would love to heal you. I'd love to forgive you. I would love to give you this grace and mercy. Just accept me. If you have breath in your lungs, then today is the day to accept Jesus for that first time then today, for the very first time in your life, you can worship Jesus as your God, as your Savior, your healer, your Redeemer. He's yours. He is all 100% yours, just like that one man who realized that. And then the question becomes, will all of us, will all of us join together in worship from this day forward, throwing ourselves at the feet of Jesus? Will we commit to being that one in 10? We've talked this whole month. If you notice the banner on your way in, the theme for this series is not for this series, it's for this year. An entire life, a whole life of worship. Will we become a body of believers, a church, if you will, whose whole life is dedicated to worshiping Jesus Christ? And if so, God is going to do, he will do, he is doing miraculous things in our midst, and he will use you to be a part of it. Don't miss out on that. Father God, as we continue to worship in the things that we have planned for the end of service, and I just pray that you can look down and be pleased with our worship. You are the only one we are here for. We're not here to impress anybody watching online. We're not here to impress anybody sitting in this room. We're not here for sitting in the room to stand and have other people hear us sing and praise you. Father, we are here for you alone to hear us cry out to you. A prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of praise to you for all that you have done and will do in our lives. Father, if there are people that do not know you yet today, and we know there are, there are people who are distant from you, maybe people who accepted you a long time ago, but in their hearts they have grown distant from you. You have never left them. You are right there. Father, make your presence real to them this morning as they worship. Father, those that have never fully committed to you, maybe they've heard about you their whole life, but they've, they've just never made that decision. Let today be the beginning of that walk permanently with you. Don't let them miss this moment today. Let them come forward, ask questions. Let us pray with them. Let us share with them more information about who you are and what you've done for them. Father, we love you and we thank you for the privilege and the honor to come before your throne and worship you this very morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.